Hello and welcome to the VIP Fitness Podcast. My name is Victoria and my aim is to help you understand the mechanics of fat loss and maintenance and then to help you implement this understanding with your own fat loss and maintenance journey. I'll provide you with information, hints, tips, tricks and hacks that you can pick and choose from to use in your day-to-day life. If you want more information or you'd like to speak to me about coaching, you can find me on Instagram at VIP Fitness Coaching. Thanks for listening today. I really appreciate it. If you do enjoy what you've heard, I'd appreciate it if you could share, follow, review, rate, all of that good stuff that podcasts ask you to do. Thank you for your time. Hello and welcome back to the VIP Fitness Podcast. I hope you've had a really good Christmas and holiday season. On today's episode, I'm going to talk to you about protein and why protein is really important in your diet. So on a previous episode, I've talked about calories and how they're made up and about macros. And one of the macros I've previously mentioned has been protein. Now, in the previous episode, when I've talked about protein, I've mentioned things such as one gram of protein has four calories and that the calorific availability of protein is around 70%. So if you had 100 calories of protein due to the digestion and the way the body breaks that down, you would only get about 70 calories from that initial 100 calories that you've eaten. So that's talking about what the body can access. Protein comes in two forms. You've got animal-based proteins and plant-based proteins. And the reason why proteins are so important in our diet is that our bodies use them to regenerate a lot of things, including your muscles. But on a dietary point of view, proteins are really good at helping you feel fuller for longer. They're very satiating. When you have you know, meals that have a good amount of protein in them alongside other things like your fruits, your vegetables, your carbs and all of that, when you've got a decent amount of protein in there, that meal is going to make you feel fuller for longer. Protein is actually a bunch of amino acids, lots of them ending in ene, such as you know taurine and leucine and cysteine. There's lots, lots and lots of them. There's about, I think there's about 21 altogether. And to get the best out of protein, you need what's known as a full amino spectrum. So you might hear phrases within the fitness industry and the diet industry when they're talking about full amino spectrum and branch chain amino acids. And the word amino might come up quite a lot. And all they're talking about is protein. So when you get your protein from an animal source, be that meat or dairy or eggs, when it's from animals, those proteins are always complete sources. They've got all of the amino acids in them, which is why, you know, when you're getting your protein from meat, it's quite easy. That includes fish as well, meat and fish. Plants tend not to have very many complete sources, and I'll get into that a bit later. Talking back again about the amino spectrum, out of these aminos that we get from protein when we break protein down, there's nine of them which are essential. And what we mean by that is that your body cannot make these amino acids out of what it's already got. It cannot synthesize them itself. You have to take these essential amino acids in through your diet. Much like we say about vitamin D, you have to either go out in the sun and get it through your skin or you have to take a supplement. We can't make it ourselves. The essential amino acids, we cannot make those ourselves. A good example of this is 
when you've heard about like cats, that you can't put cats on a vegan diet. That's because one of the amino acids in protein called taurine, it's not found in plant-based protein sources. So cats have to have a meat-based diet, otherwise they won't get that essential amino acid and it makes them really, really poorly. Humans are similar. We get a lot of essentially amino acids that we need to get from our diet, but we can get these from plant sources It's just that there's not many plant sources that include all of them or include them in the amounts that we need to keep us healthy. So like I said, the animal sources, the animals, the meats, the fish, the dairy, all of those are complete. The plant sources, there's a few options. So you've got chia, quinoa, buckwheat, hemp seed, blue-green algae and soybeans. All of these are considered complete sources of protein. So if you're vegan and you're wanting to get your protein from vegan sources, you can include these types of foods in your diet to help you meet your complete amino acid spectrum. Other sources, which are not complete sources, but they do still have protein in them. You've got other nuts and seeds, whole grains, beans, rice, chickpeas. Oats have all nine essential amino acids. However, they don't have enough lysine in them, so they're not considered a complete source. Chickpeas. Chickpeas have got quite a few of the essentials in, but they don't have methionine or cysteine. So again, it's not considered a complete source. So if you are following a vegan diet and you do have have no animal sources, you need to be aware that the sources of protein in your diet, make sure they complement each other. So for example, if you're having oats, you might want to have another plant-based product that's got a lot of lysine in it to supplement the fact that the oats are missing it. And that's something you might need to do a fair bit of research into to make sure you are getting that full spectrum and that your diet is balanced. Moving on to how much protein do I need in my diet? There's a lot of, not really conflicting, but you'll hear various numbers thrown around as to how much protein you need in your diet. If you're looking at your governing body type recommendations like the NHS and things such as that, the number that they give you tends to be quite low and it's very generic. So they will just say, this number for women, this number for men. There's no nuance to your activity levels, your age, whether you're in perimenopause or not, whether you do a lot of weightlifting, if you're sedentary, there's no nuance. So they tend to give you quite a low number that for a lot of active people or for people who are, um, sorry, not people, women who are perimenopausal or menopausal, it's not necessarily going to be enough. When looking at fat loss and how much protein you need, it's generally considered that to get a two grams of protein per kilo of lean body weight and it's very important to think of that as lean body weight as opposed to complete body weight. If you're already on the smaller side, you've already lost a bit of weight, you've only got a tiny bit of weight to lose, then your lean body mass and your body mass are going to be quite close so the numbers don't really matter so much. However, if you're at the start of wanting to lose a lot of weight, you've got quite a lot of fat that you want to lose, It might be that your weight is around, say, 100 kilos, 110, 120, which would mean that you would be looking at getting 200 grams of protein in your diet, which is very excessive, especially for women. That's an excessive amount of protein. You don't need that much. So you want to think about lean body weight. Now, it's not really possible to know what your lean body mass is. There's the scanners, there's the fat percentage things. None of them work. The only real accurate way to 
test is through an autopsy, which is not going to be suitable for anybody. There are Dexter scanning machines, but these are very expensive. There's a lot of conditions that you have to meet, things like your hydration levels, the person conducting the test, the time of day, the amount of time you fasted beforehand. They're just not applicable and they're very expensive. It's not worth it. A rough estimate is to think about, if you're a woman, think about getting 100 grams of protein a day. And even better than that is to think of it like a range. So rather than thinking I must hit 100 grams of protein every single day, a better idea would be to think as a minimum, I want to hit 80 grams of protein. Optimally, I'll be hitting that 100 mark. And if I have a lot of protein one day and I go up to about 120, that's good as well. So don't make it a definitive figure, make it a range. And for most women, the range of 80 to 120 grams a day is pretty good. For men, again, optimally, maybe looking at around the 140 grams of protein mark, But again, have a range anywhere between 120 grams to 160 grams. It's going to be absolutely fine. Now, unlike calories, this is not something that you should necessarily be banking. So if you have a day where you've only hit 60 grams of protein, don't try and make that up the next day. Either try to get that extra bit in on the same day or just draw a line under it and try again the next day to get a bit more in. Don't try to bank protein either early on in the week so that you can eat whatever later on and don't try and catch it up on following days. It has to be every single day. If you are in fat loss, I would recommend that if you get to the end of your day and you've hit your calorie target but you've not had enough protein for fat loss calories are king so if you've got to the end of the day you've had all your calories you've not had enough protein just say not a problem I'll try and make better choices tomorrow I'll try and plan to get more protein in tomorrow and just stick to your calorie target however if you're looking to gain muscle or put on a bit of weight in that case I would say yeah go over your calories and get that extra protein in because your focus is building muscle and you're going to need your protein to do that your focus is not on losing fat or losing weight so if you need to have extra calories to get that protein in that's probably going to be a better option looking on to different groups as well a lot of women who are entering perimenopause and menopause it's suggested that they might want to have a bit more protein as you enter menopause perimenopause and for men as well who are aging our bodies are not as good at processing protein as people in their 20s 30s so it might be that getting more protein into your diet when you're in your 40s 50s 60s will benefit you so it might be that you want to take on a little bit more same with people who are trying to build muscle if you've got like a body composition goal something like that again you might want to have a little bit more protein none of this is really set in stone when you look at your breakdown of protein throughout the day the traditional train of thought has been to look at muscle protein synthesis mps and to optimally trigger mps what you're looking to do is to have three to four servings of protein a day with at least three hours in between servings and you're wanting to get a minimum of 25 grams at that serving so what this could look like would be for example if you had 25 grams at breakfast lunch and dinner and then if you like to snack in the evening you could have a high protein snack 
three hours after your dinner or if you like to have an early breakfast but then eat lunch a bit later you could have a high protein mid-morning snack or you could break your 100 grams down into three servings and have about 35 grams of protein at breakfast lunch and dinner and that way you're getting your 100 grams of protein in and you've spread it out throughout the day with a gap in between and that stimulates your muscle protein synthesis which is the best way to get your muscles to grow and to get strong initially it was thought that you couldn't get any benefit from more than about 40 grams of protein in one sitting so if you had say a big steak dinner and you've got a big steak in front of you and there's 60 grams of protein in that meal initially it was thought that you would only get the benefit of about 35 to 40 grams of that and then all the other protein is of no benefit for you you can't use it your body's just going to digest it and use it for energy it's not going to do any good for you however just this year there has been a new study come out by John or Yorn, John Tromelan, and the study is called The Anabolic Response to Protein Ingestion During Recovery from Exercise Has No Upper Limit in Magnitude, and then it goes on and on. What I'll do is I'll put a link to that study in the show notes. It's done by Cell Reports Medicine. It's a free study. It's open access. Anybody can read it. Somebody I follow on Instagram, a very, very clever man, Mac in Prof. And again, I'll put a link to his Instagram bio in the show notes. He's broken down what this study means. So what Mac in Prof says about this study that's come out is that one, meal timing and spacing are not that important. Certainly not as important as we once thought they were. And two, your body can actually digest and absorb a lot more protein than we initially thought. So whereas before there was that 40 gram upper limit on usable protein, now we can use more than that in one sitting. And this is good news because if you do struggle to get protein in throughout the day, but then you have got the opportunity to get in a lot more protein, say at dinner, you can still hit your protein targets by having a big whack of protein during one meal to make up for the lack of protein throughout the rest of the day. So for example, if you only got say 15 grams of protein at breakfast and then you only got 25 grams of protein at lunch, which is leaving you needing to get 60 grams in by the end of the day, you can have a couple of chicken breasts or a big steak or a big portion of bolognese sauce, wherever you're getting your protein from, you can go higher on another meal to make up for that shortfall earlier on in the day. So another thing that Mackinprof has said about it is that it doesn't show, this is the study now, the study doesn't show about the long-term outcome related to muscle gain. So we don't know how this affects muscle gain in the long term and it doesn't show the long-term practice of eating this way. So we don't know how it's going to affect people long-term if they're having very high doses of protein in one sitting as opposed to spreading it out. The takeaway from it is that you can have more protein in one sitting if you need it. Now all of that info might be really helpful, it might help you understand more about what protein is, why we need it, how to use it, all of that kind of thing. But how do you implement getting more protein in your diet? If you're struggling to get protein into your diet, if you're not sure how you're going to get it in, first off, if you don't know how much protein you're getting, it might be a good idea to consider tracking. So if you don't track what you eat, and this can either be in the form of an app like MyFitnessPal or NutriCheck, or you can just keep a food diary, just track for three or four days and just see if you are getting enough protein on a daily basis. And if you're not, here are some ways you can get it in. So at breakfast, look at having either Greek 
Skya Atlantic or another form of high protein yogurt. So all of these yogurts are obviously animal based. They're complete sources. So if you want to swap out like the regular yogurt that you use and put in one of these high protein yogurts instead, you can get the full 20, 25, 30 grams that you need from yogurt. You can use whey protein powder and it's not a drug or anything like that. It's purely milk that's been dehydrated it's had all the fat taken out of it so it's just the protein that's been pulled from milk you can get it in lots of different flavors you can get it at supermarkets you can order it online there's loads of options with whey protein these days just have a try and see which one you like best i personally quite like my protein just because it comes in all of the weird and wonderful flavors it doesn't get too thick so you can mix it into things without it changing the texture too too much and it does come in the handy sample sizes so you can try before you commit to a big one and you can take the little ones away with you if you're staying away somewhere so you can put that into shakes into smoothies you can mix it into overnight oats you can put it in porridge if you are going to put it in porridge i recommend cooking your porridge first letting it cool a little bit and then stir your protein powder in if you put it in while the porridge is cooking it can sometimes curdle and go a bit weird it's not very nice if you prefer to have cereal for breakfast in the morning if you don't have a lot of time you can use protein shakes on cereal in place of milk and again you can either use protein powder mix it up with a bit of milk and put it on your cereal or you can get the ready mixed protein shakes so if you really are stuck for time if you don't have a fridge you can get the ones that are UHT treated so you don't have to keep them refrigerated this is really handy if you're going away and you're staying in a hotel or somewhere that doesn't have a fridge you can take a portion of cereal with you I like bran flakes because you get a good fiber hit from that a little um, bottle of your protein shake take it with it in, in your bag and the next morning you've got a high protein breakfast with very little effort Uh, eggs eggs are a great source of protein you can have omelets you can have scrambled eggs if you're feeling really fancy and this is my favorite go-to sunday morning fancy breakfast i quite like eggs with smoked salmon and a bit of whole grain toast some tomatoes and things like that so that's for breakfast at lunch and dinner a very very easy way to get protein in is just to take the protein source that you've already got and just make it bigger so for example if you're having chicken and you've got a chicken breast in your meal rather than having 100 grams of chicken why not have 125 grams or 150 grams just make the size of your portion bigger same with things like steaks pork chop any cuts of meat where you have like a chop or a fillet or something like that just get a bigger one if you're making any like stews or casseroles you can add beans pulses lentils chickpeas that kind of thing to a bulk it out quite cheaply but b it gets you some extra protein in there when you're looking at your cuts of meat go for your leaner cuts because they're going to have less fat on them but that means they're going to have more protein in them. So for example, if you've got like a pork medallion steak, you're getting mainly protein in that. But if you get a pork chop with a big thick slab of fat down the side of it, you're going to get a lot of your calories from fat in that cup. Uh, Tinned fish, like tinned tuna, tinned salmon, sardines, mackerels, all of them, they're very good sources of protein. Really good for lunch times. You can just keep them in the cupboards. They don't go off. Uh, What else did I have on my list? Ah yes, and also when you're looking at planning your meals and cooking a meal, we've traditionally been told to build your meals around your carb source. So start with your pasta, start with your potato, start with your rice. Instead of looking at your meals from a carb point of view, start looking at your meals from a protein point of view and think, right, what's my protein source going to be? I'm going to have chicken. Okay, I'm going to have a 125, 150 gram chicken breast. 
then what am I going to have with it? Build your meals around the protein, not the other way around. Don't try to fit the protein into the meal. Make the protein the star and put the other things around it. And then a couple of other things for snacks, things such as boiled eggs, ready mixed protein shakes, you can get protein bars. Just double check with your protein bars when you're looking at it. The calorie to protein ratio, you're looking for about 200 calories and about 20 grams of protein. If you're looking at a protein bar and it says it's got 10 grams of protein in it, but it's 250 calories, that's not really a fantastic source of protein. It's one of these sneaky ones that are trying to get you to part with your money just because they've slapped protein on the side of it so always check that they're going to have enough protein in them for the carb load and for the calorie load and then you've also got whey protein shakes and recently i've not tried it yet. i'm going to try it over the weekend i've seen that at my protein and i don't know if other places do this but you can get vegan clear protein shakes so they end up just looking like squash and i've ordered the sample pack there's a lot of different flavors in there and you just mix the powder up with the water let it settle and you've basically got a drink like a glass of squash and those are 50 calories and 10 grams of protein which is actually a really really good ratio and again they come in the sachets so if you're away on holiday or you're traveling you could take one of those sachets with you buy a bottle of water and tip the protein in and you've got yourself a clear vegan protein shake for 10 grams of protein nice and easily so again if you are struggling to get enough protein with a meal instead of maybe adding more meat or grains or things like that to your meal what you could do is you could have one of these vegan clear protein shakes as your drink along with your meal and that's an extra 10 grams of protein that you're drinking to help bulk out the protein of your meal i hope that's been helpful there's been a lot of info there today if there's any questions about any of that you can follow me on instagram at vip fitness coaching i've also launched the web page now so i'll put a link to that in the show notes it's just google's a google sites web page there's a contact form on there if you want to talk to me about coaching but you're not too sure you can fill out the form and i'll get in contact with you and give you more information thank you very much for your time and attention today I hope that some of what I've said today has been helpful. If you want any more information on anything I've covered, or if you'd like to speak to me about nutrition and fitness coaching, you can find me on Instagram at VIP Fitness Coaching. Please feel free to drop me a message. I'd be happy to respond to anything you want to talk about. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.